RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt, and today is Thursday, June 6th, 2019. Today, it's a very special episode of Daily Star Trek News. Yesterday, I brought you the sad news that renowned Star Trek illustrator Keith Birdsong had passed away. Today, I reached out to someone who knew him to talk about his personal experiences and about Keith's impact on the Star Trek franchise. It's Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Larry, thank you so much for joining me on Daily Star Trek News, and we're here today to talk about Keith Birdsong, who we know passed away uh, the other day, and you actually knew him. Uh, I was hoping that you could tell me a little bit about um, how you knew him and uh, maybe give us a couple stories of times that you spoke to him recently. Right, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, Keith's one of those people, um, yes, he is an Oklahoman, he's a fellow Okie, and Keith's one of those people that I met him, you know, like in his 20s, 30s, and I didn't really know about his earlier life, and which this, since he's passed, I've been reading back. Mm -hmm. This is what I get for not reading, you know, like con book bios (laughs) in the past, the program books, but... um, I, you know, for like the the 10, 15 years when he was like the pocketbook Star Trek cover guy, you know, it was like a monopoly. I mean, he did them because he could do – at the time when the covers of pocket novels, the fiction novels, were meant to sell books. Mm-hmm. And they weren't very imaginative as far as a theme or artsiness, but they just had, you know, Shatner's or, or Patrick's pictures on the front or, you know, Data or whoever the main character of that novel was was on the front. Right. And then maybe a couple of side characters, and you were just walking through your bookstore or grocery store checkout, and people were like, "Oh, must be a new Star Trek book," you know. <laughs> yeah. He did that, but all at the same time, he had the talent to pull off that capturing the image of those people over and over again in different views, and also with a lot of the actors that had image approvals to pass muster. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially Sir Patrick had image approval from day one, and he was always very conscious about how his <laughs> about how his head was portrayed being bald and a lot of people made his head pointier than he liked but Keith could <laughs> Keith could get that without having any retouches done but I mean you know Keith was very talented but yeah um, I knew him then from the Oklahoma region and you know crossing paths at cons and things and then the last you know when that kind of huge gig ended and books went a different way and you know the world changed as it keeps changing and he wasn't doing that so much. I kind of, and we moved to LA, and I lost track of him a little bit. And then I'd see him occasionally at a convention. He did some work with Gary Hassan at Lightspeed, and still did paintings and things. Um, and then some things I'm remembering now that I knew about. But as far as personally, the last 10, 15 years, I'd really not seen much of him. Mm-hmm. And then once or twice, I would stumble across him at a convention somewhere, Comic Con or Vegas. Uh, although he didn't go that often. He had, you know, life things going on, but he did a lot of work, and I would run into him and, oh, Keith, and we'd talk for a few minutes. And the last time that happened, I was has been in the past year, 
And that's when he told me about this stroke that he had had uh, a year ago, June. Last year, yeah. Yeah, June of 2018. And that he'd had it. It was scary, scary, scary. But that he felt like he was bouncing back and was painting and, you know, doing illustration and was just right back at it and, you know, living a normal life, driving and and going about his business and uh, had a had a newer manager that was doing a lot of promotion work for him. Mm-hmm. And he was just feeling you know, like and I said, oh, that's great. Let's sit down and talk sometime. And that was some, you know, sometime in the last six months or eight months. It, it may have been at the Big Apple. Com- I'm, I'm sad now. I can't remember where it was, but it was that kind of thing. I'm walking yeah. through and I, the vendor floor and he's there working you know, like, like a live action ongoing demo. Mm-hmm. He's there. And I was, oh, my God. And we talked. And yeah. then to get this new Saturday just kind of um, just kind of blew me away. And as we talking today, I'm, I'm coming up. It's coming up on SoonerCon, which is here in Oklahoma City or actually Norman now. Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma, and it's getting. He wasn't scheduled to be here, but it's really kind of poignant that this happened now. And yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit. A lot of us knew Keith that were around, but there was the art world and the professional licensing world of Star Trek, you know, Paramount and Viacom, now CBS, that knew Keith. And yeah. um, a lot of fans that came up with that generation of books knew those covers. They didn't know his name, they at least knew the covers. Now, he was one that. When you do something for that long, even if it's not your name doesn't get attached to it, people mm-hmm. eventually find out and and you know, hopefully if they want to thank you or get a chance to celebrate your work, they can. And if they didn't know it, then people are hearing about it now. Yeah. But um, you know, he had a lot of overlapping circles. But I didn't know until this weekend that he had uh, you know, such a he has a Muskogee and Cherokee native uh, ancestry and now thinking duh i knew he was from muskogee but <laughs> eastern oklahoma is all the, yeah. five, the old five tribes that were there and like well duh um and his he'd done a lot of uh his military time but then also just in the last few years he'd done a lot of work with veterans and done artwork for the veterans center in muskogee and mm-hmm. anyway it's one of those things where you met somebody in their 30s and you, you're just now finding out about their some of their earlier life and that he lived around but i i knew he grew up in muskogee so it's yeah. You know, I was I would have been looking forward to sitting down with him sometime and doing a really good catch up kind of interview for any of my Trekland, you know, blog and video channel and mm-hmm. everything, yeah. which is kind of sad. But um, I I was glad to see that he got back in and was doing a lot of work the last year. But he's got this huge body of work. And the other thing that I'd forgotten about until going back was from the very beginning of Star Trek, there had been this there was a guy in Minnesota. I think his name was Bill Kraft, and he had been working for years with the old, the way the stamps, the commemorative stamps in America used to be done with the Postal Service. You had to right. get a petition and have a committee approve it if you wanted to have something commemorated. Right. And some things like, you know, centennials and anniversaries of a state. Those are kind of like a no, no-brainer. But a lot of these places and groups, you, you had to go through a process. And he was this one-man army for, year, for decades trying to get a Star Trek stamp. Right. And finally, finally, as part of that oh, I guess it was in the late 90s or whatever, there was a a decade by, yeah, right before the millennium change. That's what got people thinking. So every decade of the 20th century had a stamp series and people could vote. Mm -hmm. And um, so Star Trek finally got a stamp from the 60s and he did the design for the, um, I believe he did this design for this and a few other ones, uh, as well as things like, you know, like eventually plates and different licensed things for Star Trek and, and other things too. But he not only did the design for that stamp, um, the picture that has gone out, and I remember it because when I was at the newspaper in Norman, 
the Associated Press, the AP, back in the day, did a, sp a profile piece on him being, you know, the, you never believe this, but a, a guy from Muskogee, Oklahoma, is the big <laughs> painter of all the Star Trek book covers, you know. Right. That he did the official cachet, the envelope art for the first day of issue, you know, the official one. And it, you know, it's a Kirksbach uh, McCoy head on a sweeping starscape with the Enterprise there. And you, you probably see it reprinted. I use it on my blog and my page mm -hmm. in color. But that went out with the AP story about him in the 90s. So um, that was kind of his heyday as far as like a public face. Yeah. But just personally um, – the other thing I remember about Keith, too, is it was really cool in the early 90s and about the time things were starting to explode. For me, I'd just gotten the contract to do the Next Generation Companion. Mm -hmm. And my best friend of the world, oldest best friend of the world still, Keith, uh, I mean, Kevin Hawkins, was an artist. And right at that time in Oklahoma fandom and, you know, Southwestern fandom, but in Oklahoma, we had this wealth of great art genre artists, sci-fi and fantasy artists. And there's a Oklahoma had a really high capita number of astronauts also. And there's right. an Oklahoma Air Space Museum. But at the time, like 91, these kind of things now happen. People go, well, this is a no-brainer. But at the time, it was revolutionary that someone came up with the idea of having, you know, a win-win for both groups. They had an opening of science fiction art from science fiction Oklahoma artists at the Oklahoma Air and Space Museum. Wow. And there were eight artists and my friend Kevin – and Keith was one, right. and there were several other. Uh, C.J. Sherry, the sci-fi author's uh, brother, um, um, uh, uh, he was an artist. Mm -hmm. um, and there were like so there were eight altogether, and the poster art. And um, Keith was kind of like the highest profile one of all. You know, he had the biggest, the most commercially and most visual portfolio of anybody you could walk through there and people go oh my god these are the covers to the star trek of course they didn't say you know star trek rights of judgment or whatever it would be on the cut you know it was just yeah. the artwork with the spot yeah. at the top where the text would go the headline you know the title of the book but i just remembered thinking and this was like the year before i got to do i got the contract to do the companion and i just remembered being very proud of like my we've got this plethora of of artists here from oklahoma that are genre artists led by it wasn't like he was like a billing order. He wasn't like the lead artist, but he was in the mix. But it was obvious that he was the most commercially successful one at the time and the most widely known. And it was just awesome. And it was also kind of a thing of now everything is so global, you know, and I work from home. Well, I work on Star Trek and I'm sitting in Wyoming or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. wherever John Eves is working from these days, whatever. But uh, people, you know, that's the world we live in now. And at the time, I just remember thinking um, – if you want to say inspiring or kind of opening your your you know, your little paradigm of the way the world can work, mm -hmm. this is awesome that we have you know it was like a, a little local pride, but also getting yourself open the idea that you know you didn't have to be born in New York and L.A. and obviously nobody's born in L.A. everybody moves there, but, <laughs> um, but for the business end of things to happen, and then within a year I got the contract to do the companion, and then we wound up moving to L.A. Yeah. I just remember thinking that that was kind of an eye opener. You know what I mean? It was kind mm -hmm. of a, uh, a, yeah, it was kind of like it got your mind out of the box to think the way the way the world was moving and all that. But it's also fun to look back at that now as to thinking that was like no one had thought to have this crossover. It's such a natural, and it happened in times, but yeah. on a local level. And now I know the museum people said they had an opening, you know, reception for that gallery show. And they were like, my God, we've had events before. We've never had this many people here. It's like, well, you crossed 
sci-fi in real space and an yep. artistic visual with real history. And look at the explosion that you look at the look at the meltdown of joy that you made here. And now we go, well, duh, that's basic marketing, you know. But at the time, it was just and the fact that that was, you know, you know, it was flyover country. Yeah, (laughs) the term was there. So. So, yeah. So I that's and just being really proud of Keith. And I know the last 10, 15 years kind of going, wow, the pendulum swings for everybody. You know, he had that perch for so long doing that. And he's done all kinds of wonderful work after that. Uh, yeah. And the fact that he'd come back and done some Star Trek pieces recently, um, you know, but just the fact that he came back from that stroke a year ago and was just going great guns. It was really sad to, you know, heartbreaking to hear this. Yeah. But um, the silver lining would be is thank you for doing this today. I'm realizing that we have had a whole generation of Trek fandom that probably had no idea um, who Keith were. We've had a generation or two that did not grow up reading every pocketbook <laughs> you know, yeah. for 15 years. So, and back yeah. when there were half as many series as there were now, and it was either Kirk or Picard on the cover. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but that was Keith, just a really sweet, humble, down to earth guy. And um, talented. Yeah, really talented. So talented. Yeah. So talented. Again, you know, military veteran. He was, a, uh, I know he went into news first and wound up mm-hmm. illustrating and, uh, uh, yeah, and this all one of those examples where something just takes off, and you know, if you've got the talent, you put it out there, and if you don't plan for it, somebody sees it and picks you up and carries you along for, you know, a really crazy ride. And then even when you're not on that wild ride, you're still doing good works and good deeds, and yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. Well, Larry, uh, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and uh, sharing your memories with me. I think this is a really great way to remember Keith. And um, I'm sure that uh, some of the people out there who have really not known who he was um, are going to really enjoy hearing uh, the little slice of history. I know I have. So thank you. Oh, good, good, good. And the good thing is his manager of the last uh, couple of years had been doing some interviewing with him on video. And uh, I know there's probably a lot of things on, on YouTube I'd urge everybody to go check out to find if you want to find out more about him. But um, even some dated pieces, you know, yeah. from back when he was doing the artwork for the books and all that. But, uh, but thanks a lot for having me on and for doing a, throwing a spotlight on Keith. Thanks again to Larry Nemechek for joining me. Tune in to tomorrow's show for this weekend's events. I'll cover them alongside gaming events and the podcast roundup. But I do want to point out that Larry mentioned he's at SoonerCon this weekend. SoonerCon is a pop culture convention in the Oklahoma City area. Larry will be in attendance this weekend, as will Nanav Visitor. That's Major Kira from Deep Space Nine. So if you're in the mood to celebrate Oklahoma's sci-fi heritage or just have a good time, it's probably worth stopping by. It's at the Embassy Suites Hotel and Conference Center in Norman tomorrow through Sunday. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at daily Star Trek or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at daily Trek news. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper.
podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.